Welcome to Never End the Story, a rewatch podcast where we watch the movies of our childhood, along with Tepper, a grown man who's never seen them before. I'm your host, Ivan, the fifth turtle brother. I'm Chris. Uh, I've got Burmese babies under each arm. I'm Jeff, and I have nothing to follow that up with. I'm Shauna, and this week I've touched more maggots than I'd care for. I'm Tepper, and I've been kidnapped once again. Please come save me. Someone call 911. This week, we'll be watching Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3, directed by Stuart Gilliard, released in 1993. This is the only live-action Turtles movie where a theme song was not specially written for it. Chris brought us this movie. Why? Oh my god, so... Uh, let's talk about Turtles, guys. Turtles, uh, had a lot of very, like, big, important moments in my life. A previous Turtle moment, uh, like, one of the previous Turtle movies that we're probably gonna do, so I won't spoil anything, uh, like, was the first recurring nightmare, uh, the cause of that. This movie was from an era of Turtles in my, in my life where I was much more happy with Turtles, and, um... This movie has a major sexual awakening for me in it. Uh, watch out for that uh, once we get back after the break. Um, it is also just really fun, and I think it's going to be like kind of surprising for people. But uh, as, as you can tell with like Warriors of Virtue that I brought a couple of episodes ago, uh, I really liked sort of monster kung fu fight movies when I was a kid, like a lot. All right. Wow. Uh, does anyone else have a personal connection to this film? Uh, I liked the Ninja Turtles when I was a kid. I, I, there's not much more to it like that. It sounds like uh, Chris has a lot more kind of like phases with turtles. Oh, brother. <laughs> um, I'm literally only here because of Chris. He requested my presence because there's something here that's going to speak to me apparently. And I look forward uh, to seeing I wouldn't, that. I wouldn't say that. Okay, then I don't look forward to seeing that. I mean, I think it is what you had said, so... But regardless. Uh, I've seen this movie several times. This is one that we recorded off of the TV onto a VHS. Uh, I was also... I did karate for ten years, and so Ninja Turtles were a big proponent of that. Uh, yeah, love me them turtles. I've barely ever seen the first or second only uh, once or twice and huh. on tv but i've seen this one several times same i don't know what that is but yeah i've seen this one like maybe a dozen times in my life but the other ones maybe once or twice i imagine it's because this movie was probably a lot cheaper to get the rights to on television it was more recent to our childhoods too i guess yeah it was 1993 I know I've had the opportunity to watch one of the Turtle movies in the past, and I opted not to. Do you know if it was one of the live-action Turtle movies? Oh, it was definitely live. Like, the live-action was why I did not want to watch it. <laughs> I do not like those costumes. All right. Uh, we are now showing Tepper the poster. Tepper, uh, what do you think about this film? Uh, oh, fuck. I guessed it. God damn it. Oh, no. <laughs> Yeah, up until now, listeners, uh, Tepper did not know what time. I mean, I did guess it to. though, like when you asked me the other day. Oh, fucking goddamn it! Uh, at the top, please describe in red the text. It says, "Ancient Japan, fifteen ninety three, without a map." Without a clue, without a pizza. That's my and favorite then, part. Ah, <laughs> uh, and then there's the four of them riding horses, black horses, clad in black armor, and it says "Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, three uh, turtles are back." Dot dot dot. In time. Really selling me on this movie. I want to die. <laughs> Save me. Oh my god. So, is is fifteen ninety three really considered ancient history? I ancient Japan, like four hundred years ago. Yeah, I can't remember what the cutoff is between like ancient modern history and shit like that. 
And I'm sure there's like, even if there was like a codified, cause like, I'm, yeah, I'm sure there's like some people have some idea, but it is usually blurred anyway, because people make various arguments of like why years should be shifted. Blurred up to 59, like that's, that's late. That's like Europeans start yeah. contacting Japan. That ain't, that ain't yeah. No ancient. Yeah. Like I would say that's, yeah, that's not really ancient Japan. You have to remember these are, these are teenagers living in New York. What do they? What on earth could they possibly think is ancient? Oh, that's a good point. Not pizza. Um, who's the main character, Tepper? <laughs> Probably the turtles. Oh. <laughs> what do you think the turtles? What kind of shenanigans do you think the turtles are going to get up to in ancient Japan? Fifteen. I don't want to give this movie too much credit, so I'm not going to say. <laughs> Please, Come, that's the whole oh, point. It's Come on. Be awful. <laughs> can i can i make a prediction yes i just have one prediction they're going to introduce pizza to feudal japan or to at least like a samurai or something oh, that's a hot prediction that's good that's a good prediction that is my only prediction that i would like to put forth it's a pretty good one i remember one scene perfectly from this movie and a few other scenes somewhat no predictions, Tepper, really? Uh, predictions for this movie. Uh, if you were if you were writing this and you had the Ninja Turtles and you had to put them in, in feudal Japan, what do you uh, what would you do to, with them? I don't know the Ninja Turtles very well because I They're yeah. Ninja Turtles. They like they have a rad attitude and are um mostly the Ninja Turtles have bladed weapons and only yeah, punch and kick. Um people. I wouldn't be surprised if they like when was this movie released again? 1993. I wouldn't be surprised if they tried to introduce slang into ancient Japan. Um, but beyond that, like, I don't really know because, like, I don't know the Ninja Turtles, like, very well at all. Well, you're in for a treat. As we do three Ninja Turtle movies back-to-back I mean, in reverse treat order. is, like, one way to refer to it. All right. We'll see you after the film. Would somebody please tell me what the heck is going on around here? Well, relax, April. It's just your ordinary uh, time travel equal mass displacement kind of thing. Yeah, like huh. he said. Yeah. Okay. And we're back. So, what did everyone think? I mostly hate this movie. Ha! <laughs> <laughs> Only mostly? This is fun. Like, I honestly think this is a fun movie oh and my it's God. fine. Well, okay, like, well, no, compare this to, like, Warriors of Virtue. That's actively a bad movie. None of the jokes land. Everything's stupid. Like, the thing, like, nothing pays off, and it's only Komodo that we enjoyed. Like, this is watchable. Yeah, I'd agree with that. It was fine. Yeah, like, I would maybe put it, like, a notch above Warriors of Virtue, but, like, I don't know. I wasn't, it didn't have somebody like Komodo to entertain me through the badness it had casey but he doesn't show up enough yeah Yeah, he's there's no actual reason for him to be in this movie (laughs) and well like and and past casey wick past casey is not as good like just not not as interesting as you want him to be like if casey showed up more i'd be like hell yeah because he was like for me at least he was the best part of the movie (laughs) yeah (laughs) like there was no god i hate this movie <laughs> yeah, this movie's missing a lot of the categories you guys like to pick out, like with like the business dad. Like, would that just be Splinter? I guess the dad, Splinter, or like Lord Nora Nora Naga might be the business dad. He is so business dad. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah I wasn't really I thinking about Nora. him because he was kind of a villain. But then, I guess all business dads in some way are kind of villains. Deep. Yeah, uh... Yeah, see, Tepper, this movie's so deep. And it had it had children going to a fantasy world. Well, teens, but yeah. I like that your correction is teens and not that feudal Japan is a fantasy world. Oh, man. It's not... No, I think it... I think them going to feudal Japan qualifies for our fantasy world. Like, I think that is the thing where it fits into the things we've done before. In well, that they go to a fantasy world. I, I would say, like, like, kind of the... It's a world that is radically different from the one that those characters inhabit normally. Kind of. Exactly. It's generally the way that's defined. 
I don't think we want to get too deep into the semantics of uh, yeah, let's not turtles turn. in time. Let's... So we should probably do a quick like recap of 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 what this movie is and how it works. Oh God. April's going on vacation. Yes, April's going on vacation. The turtles want to go, but they aren't allowed. So she went to a flea market to get them gifts. And what she got from Master Splinter is a uh, Japanese ancient Japanese time machine. Egg timer. Yeah, egg timer. That d- doubles as a time machine. Yep. Uh, yeah, the, the time machine doesn't... The time machine travels at normal time. But it allows people to travel to any point it's been at, I guess. The time travel rules in this are bonkers. Well, like, you have to displace equal mass. Yes. Apparently, April weighs exactly the same amount as the prince, and the turtles weigh the exact same amount as four honor guards who just happen to be near the the scepter. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, because they showed in the... When they were, everyone was going home, they were all touching the scepter. But then when everyone was kind of just getting swapped around in time, that clearly, like, wasn't the stipulation. Well, I don't know, we never see, we don't, we never see people not touching the scepter travel by the scepter. Like, whatever the honor guard were up to in the past, we don't see it. They were all riding horses, potentially touching the scepter at the same time. That would be very difficult to do. (laughs) But it is what they did. Because otherwise, the premise of the time machine does not make sense. Fair enough. Maybe they were like playing hot potato with it, so they all got <laughs> they all got sent back like a second after. Well, also like Mikey was riding backwards, which presumably means that that samurai oh was riding God. his yeah. horse backwards. <laughs> what the heck? Just trick riding. Um, so April gets zapped back in time and gets replaced with Kenshin, who is a sexy Japanese prince. Uh, and this is the sexual awakening that I alluded to. Um, it, is that like, I was probably f- like maybe six or seven when I saw this movie. And I was just like learning what it meant to be like attracted or interested in people. And April O'Neil, who is obviously who you're supposed to think is a cute lady, um, turns into a sexy Japanese boy. um and that just that just kind of like cemented in my little brain what would become my personality nice wanting to turn people into japanese boys no (laughs) no it's like it's a it's it's a combination of like how attractive that man is and the like androgyny of the clothing because they they're in the same uh like jeans and um leather jacket get up because you don't you you leave your accessories except you get to pick one when you time travel oh yeah yo if there if people totally switch clothes that means he's wearing her underwear pervert this is just getting better because when the the turtles time travel the ones who chose not to wear clothes for the people they're gonna switch with they came with their underwear, but the one guy who got pants, his underwear did not yeah. come with him. Yeah, Michelangelo is very like oh, okay. thoughtful. Uh, somebody pointed that out, like yeah. that he wants to wear shorts, so whoever travels back in time gets to wear his clothes. I was kind of, I was kind of hoping for a moment that I was right, but I was just trying to think of like, it, did they have done that because it was like PG? But if you guys can well, bring up a specific example of them. Like so the, those dudes being naked. And the very last scene of the time travel, the fourth honor guard magically materializes underwear. Because he did not have underwear in the future. What do you mean? But, no, no. He's wearing that swimsuit that Michael... He's wearing the Michelangelo shorts in he? that scene. Yeah. But that's not how that should work either. No. What sort do you mean? Of. Oh, the, oh! When the honor guard go back and they like bow past Lord Narinaga, yeah. yeah, they are they are wearing like they're yeah, all all four underwear. of them are wearing the underwear, but only three of them came with that underwear. So that means the other guy's underwear was materialized or moved through time and space to correct his nudity. Huh. I just want like whoever built this time machine to have like programmed no nudity, <laughs> like it is the line they draw. <laughs> but yeah, you take all accessories with you. She had a Walkman and a watch, and he had a sword. 
Yeah. Not just to watch a Rolex. Tried to pawn it off Rolex. to the... To- well, I was going to say torturer, but he was really just the dude who kept people in cages. As Niles calls him, Fat- Fatso-san. Yeah, they made a lot of fat jokes against him. He was... That guy was just trying to do his job, and he seemed like yeah. he was good at it. No, like I said, he's my favorite jailer from any movie. Yeah, like, he did his job, and it was fine. He's and like, he wasn't, like, actually, yeah, like, cruel or vindictive. Like, yeah, he just kind of was like, everybody stay in your cages. And I'll wave this hook around and, like, kind of glare at you every once in a while. But that's it, you know? And be reasonably scared of demons. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's just a sensible man. There's a wide range of um, what, you know, what your reaction to demons is. Uh, but but to get to that, I guess, April goes back in the past, they think she's a witch. Um, turns out there's also a British guy here, because this movie's very historical, which is why Tepper doesn't like it. Uh, <laughs> um, so the turtles figure out that um, it's a mass displacement time machine. So they all go back in time to save April. Yep. And they, uh, they invite Casey to babysit the prince. Casey, the best part of this movie. Yep. Yeah, Casey. Casey's amazing. Does that time machine just go back like 400 years or can it be configured, do you think? No, that's Obviously. what I'm saying. Is it, it, it The time machine travels at normal time but can be used to travel to any two points of its own personal history if it's activated by two groups of equal mass. Huh. That is the vague rules, probably. That's cool. I like the way you've worded that. I like that. I I hadn't thought about it like that. It also leaves room for a pointless sequel prequel where the turtles go back in time and become their own prophetic uh, Kappa demons. Yeah. Yeah. See, now you're into it, Tepper. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm just... God. So yeah, you uh, you were correct. The movie poster is just wrong about what year it takes place in by ten years. Oh, that was so funny. We like talked so much about how it was 1593, and then the movie immediately starts with giant red text, 1603. Yeah, like, it makes more sense that they would start at 1603, because as like in the um because we talked about this after the opening but uh that's the start of the edo period in japan um so like starting seven years before that would be a bit weird 10 years but yeah or or, yeah i think there was plans for them to have gone back 10 years such that that prophetic thing happened well that prophecy was definitely not supposed to be 10 years ago because you wouldn't be like my ancestor was defeated by these turtles. Yeah. I was there. <laughs> like, yeah, that's not a very good prophecy. Like, when I said this is a ten-year prophecy, I was I was very much joking. Oh, okay. I thought I missed the story part. Uh, yeah. I will avenge my dad. Or myself. <laughs> depending. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Like, you would... Because, like, obviously four, uh, 400's a nice round number, but... They don't even use that. Like, they could have just said Japan 400 years ago. But whatever. Yeah, because really it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, it's weird. And then there's a... Yeah, and then there's a scroll prophesizing the return of of four turtle demons to to take out the... What is it? Daimyo's army? I think so. No, I think you're right on both counts. Uh, yeah, and so the turtles go back in time, they accidentally switch with honor guards, but they were expecting to switch with clerics. So you get ninja turtles in samurai armor, which is, I guess, a thing we all wanted. I mean, it's what the poster promised. Gotta sell all those action figure accessories, man. Oh, oh, I didn't think about that, but definitely. Yep. Uh, they go back, Mikey gets separated from the group, and knocked out by filthy peasants he does like a dances with wolves plot while everybody else is doing shenanigans hiding from the daimyo but then later raf like steps on on that plot and tries to take little pieces of it as well it's kind of weird oh he because he tries to raise a boy yeah the boy who is the brother of the girl that mikey likes 
Oh, is he, is he her brother? I was I thought he was her son, or I couldn't really tell what the familial relationship there was. See, you would assume son, but in the scene where the the thing is revealed, it it is said that they're they're siblings. But no other no other reason would you assume that. Huh. But anyways, they get separated. Uh, not worrying about Mikey because why would you? He's the he's the comic relief. Uh, they go to the Daimyo's castle. And sneak in and meet some lame white people and give them a wet willy. Yeah, there are... Yeah. There First are... of three. That scene grossed me out. Didn't he... The third one he gave himself? Yes, there are still three white willies. Okay. The second one, they almost kill a person uh, by doing it. Yeah, that was pretty close. They're very good at almost killing people. It is kind of what they were trained for, I guess. Uh, so they, yeah, they find April, they save him from the nice, the nice jailer who was just doing his job, and as well from the white people who are not nice and just doing their job. Uh, and then they also save White Boy. White Boy who was a spy for the bad white guy? Spoilers. But yes. I don't remember his name. Wick. That's it. I knew it started with a W. Yeah. I kind of kept expecting them to do a little bit, like, more with him. But I guess he just was, like, a good guy working with the bad guys, and so he wanted to... He's a bad boy with a good heart. Yeah, I thought they would do way more with him as well. Yeah. See, to me, I just don't... I don't like characters like that, like the quadruple cross character. Like, fucking pick a side. Like, either be disgusting and bad and be good at that, or be good and be good at that. Like, why are you flip-flopping? I find it can only be done well in, like, certain circumstances. Uh, so they save them, and they escape through a t- through a pipe of shit. I mean, that mud. was gross. That was so fucking yeah, gross. Why did that movie mud. dwell so long on like we're going in a sewer and like fart noises and stuff? Like, yeah, awful. and then they like slip and fall on it again. It was so excessive. Um, spinach. I hate spinach. Like that's gross. Maybe that that whole thing was like a Shawshank Redemption reference. <laughs> Came out like the year after, right? That was their attempt at Oscar bait. Uh, they successfully escape. They maybe clean up at a river. They're very dry, though. Uh, April short, shortens her robes. Says she's on vacation. Schwing. Uh. Oh yeah, that was unfortunate. It's a weird quote. Like, yeah, April makes a mini skirt out of her, like, a comma uh, skirt. And uh, I don't remember which two turtles. It was Dawn and Leo. Yeah, are, like, Schwing. Yeah, but those are, like, the the good boy turtles. Yes, the nerd turtles. Nerdles. Thank you. Uh, but then so, they get yeah. attacked by every villager for whatever reason they're out here. I guess because there was a reports of like four honor guard just in the forest or three honor guard. I guess that's why they came out to just all attack them, leaving their village undefended. But when it's revealed that they're not working for the enemy but are instead demons, everyone's okay with it. And deep and for once, deep voice lady says a thing, and then her voice stops being deep. Yeah, she had a very deep voice, and then she stopped having a deep. I feel like that line was dubbed over by just a completely different actor. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Unsure. Uh, yeah. So then we see their village being shot at and burned while they're trying to find the scepter, which I feel like you look for the scepter before burning everything down. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Because there are multiple background characters that yell burn it all or like burn it to the ground well like his instructions were shoot shoot above them burn it down find the scepter they were following orders quite well they were just bad orders yeah maybe he should have said them in a different order i do like that he didn't want to kill anyone though like he didn't he wasn't being paid to do this so leave all of the problem people for for the daimyo to deal with still i mean if he killed them all then there'd be no one left for the daimyo to shoot with the guns he wants to sell him. So that would just be bad business. Mm-hmm. Basically. Uh, the turtles show up and save the day with another wet willy. 
saving their brother, who then saves Yoshi. Um, I feel like there was a missed opportunity where they had Michelangelo like locked up. When the when the villagers find him, they lock him in the like food storage shed. And I was sure we were gonna get some kind of like Michelangelo eats all their food uh scene. Real real missed opportunity there. I don't know if I would call that a missed opportunity. <laughs> he yeah, I guess he does food stuff later. Uh he saves Yoshi from a burning building, then everybody loves them and reveres them as demon gods. It's basically El Dorado. And then they introduce pizza to them. No. As he, I predicted. He attempts to introduce pizza to them and instead introduces frisbees to them. Yes, but the the attempt was made yes, and I'm that's were, close enough to my guess. Yes, you were correct. Uh Raph decides that he likes Yoshi even though Michelangelo's the one who saved him and Raph was had actually only interacted with the sister previously when he threw his sigh at her. Uh, so he decides to try to adopt Yoshi and teach and get him to teach him how to fly a kite instead of worrying about becoming a murder boy. Yes, well, Yoshi wants to play fight the daimyo, and uh, Raph thinks that's bad, and instead you should fly kites. Yeah, well, he's, he thinks he should be a kid, just like Raph got to do when he was learning how to fight as a kid. He also tells him not to be angry, which is excellent advice coming from Raphael. Well, I feel like that's that's true to Raphael's life. That's the main problem in his life. Is, is that... like, anger management. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's why it's funny that it's coming from him, but also, I guess, endearing. Uh, they fly kites. Everyone likes the demons even more. Pizza is made. They've lost the time scepter, thanks to, thanks to Michelangelo's trick riding. So they need to make a new one. They do that, they break it. Uh, Yoshi's just like, hey, Raph, I've got the real one. It was hidden under my house. There's probably a lot of other scenes. Oh, at some point we went back to, to modern day a few times probably and saw Casey giving a cultural exchange to the, yeah. to the honor guards, teaching them how to watch TV, play hockey. That's a real fun part of this movie is the shenanigans that the the ancient Japanese team gets in. Yeah, that was like so much fun, actually. Yeah, like and, like and and Casey's like attitude dealing with them was so much fun. So like Splinter was definitely just like a top half puppet, right? They never show his legs in this movie. He, yeah, he doesn't move around. He's like always sitting in a chair and always has a blanket over his legs or behind a wall. Like he's he primarily just sits in his little subway car. Um. Yeah, that happens at some point. Um, what's the prince's name? Kenshin. Yeah, he's antsy to go home, but then Casey turns on hockey. It's not even the playoffs yet. Uh, vague intrigue stuff with Walker and the daimyo trying to sell him guns, not wanting to buy guns, but there's demons, buy guns. Now that there's demons, it's going to cost gold instead of silk. Oh yeah, so they, it turns out they had the scepter, and then they get mad, but it turns out Old Man had the scepter and just wanted them to fight for him. Then Wick betrays them, kidnaps Lady and the scepter, so they sneak back into the castle, and they throw the jailer down the poop chute. He was just doing his job. A fight ensues, there's two attempts at a duel... Uh, Leo eventually duels uh, the daimyo and beats him and cuts off his hair and then sticks him in a giant bell. That name rings a bell. Yeah, they made they made an okay pun. I appreciated it. Well, when you throw, you know, that many, uh, some of them are going to hit. Like, they are just constantly quipping ev- all the time. A broken clock is, is right twice a day. Most of them are references, which technically makes sense because, like, the, they were raised on literally television. Right. And weren't allowed to interact with any other people except Splinter. So the fact that all they're capable of is references is actually kind of reasonable. But yeah, they, actually, they managed to get a real pun. It's kind of a weird uh, 
I can't think of the right word for this, but just kind of a thing that the turtles have going on that like they're using references that are kind of dated even for like when they're making them. So like they're making reference like as much as kids probably still know who Elvis is, he's still an like a cultural figure. Like watching this now, and again maybe it's because we're watching this, yeah, so much after it's come out, but like definitely felt like some of the stuff they're making like they uh i'm trying to think some of like the other actors they reference but wayne just like newton. they call lord Norinaba uh, Norinaga uh wayne newton like w- no no kid knows who wayne newton is yeah but that's for the parents mm. it's to get the parents money in there i feel like you already got their money yeah but then they gotta buy the wayne newton uh, action figures like Schwing. That's another like reference, not for children. Yeah, I mean that's very normal of a movie, but yeah, they definitely make very old ones. They reference Kurt Russell at some point, which again was like big in like the eighties and nineties. But I, can it, can everyone appreciate that we're watching this movie on its twenty fifth anniversary? No, I can't appreciate that. I can't. That's pretty cool. I like. I have no idea what month it came out in, but we've got the year right, anyways. Appreciate it. I will not. Would kids at the time of the movie have gotten the like the references? Is what I'm wondering, and like maybe some of them, but also they always put in some stuff that's kind of like, "Hey, you took your kid to this movie. Here's some something for you." Yeah, exactly. Like they just kind of they just kind of shout anything that's pop culture from the last fifty years. So. And that might be a little bit of the supposed, like, kind of vaguely timelessness of the turtles themselves and not actually, like, with any real thought put into it. I wonder how much of that might have just been the voice actors just, like, seeing the scene that they're that they're saying a line for and just saying whatever the fuck they feel like. Would you prefer the Adams Family? Oh, God, yeah. Uh. References. We got them. This movie is, like, the perfect example of references used in the most horrible, awful way. And no, 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 it's not. Ready Player One. Yeah, but, like, God, yeah, Ready Player One is so bad. I haven't even seen it, and, I and I'm willing to to throw that one out there. Ready Player One is, like, physical references. Um, whereas, like, this movie is, like... Uh, spoken references. Yeah, just references for reference sake. Are awful. But what else are the turtles supposed to say? Something worthwhile and intellectual? Like, all the dialogue in this movie with the turtles, I found really bad. Like, not even the references, although those contributed. Just their interactions. It was... Oh, it, I, it was so on the nose. Like, no, normal people don't talk like that, and it was hard to... Watch. They're not. Yeah, they're not people. people. I know they're not normal people. (laughs) (laughs) No, they they are like one dimensional versions of the the their best selves. I get a from this movie, anyways. Like a from them a vibe like Sonic the Hedgehog, like something that is built to be like kids. This is so cool. Yeah, that's the exact same feeling I had. Was like yeah, that's that. Yeah, you really got it. Nailed it on the head there. Even then, they didn't use as many, like, cool words as I feel like the old cartoons used to. Like, I was expecting a lot more, like, radicals and, like, cowabungas. Yeah, but, not like, a lot of cowabungas. there was a bit of it. Like, I'm sure I could find some clip of every time they say a stupid word in that movie. Yeah. Like, there were a few times when they, like, called each other, like, dude or said some kind of slang, but not yeah. as much as I thought. Raph said sayonara. But they were in Japan. Like, maybe he was actually just being respectful. Well, like, he was, like, because they were having a Japanese uh, language lesson because Don was forgetting all of the Japanese words. He tried to greet Wasabi. Um, oh, what, yeah, I remember that. What's the difference between Donatello and Leonardo? Like, I, I Leonardo's tell. the leader. But they're both, that's like, actually... <laughs> smart guys. No, that's, a comp- that's false. Don is intelligent. Leo is wise. Lay down okay. this uh, turtle's lore for me, John. Um, like in this movie, they just seem to be like they kind of blend oh. into the same character. Yeah, no, that's fair. Like the, neither of them are important to the plot of this film. 
this movie is a is Don or uh, Mikey and and Raph. For I I like the portrayal of Michelangelo in this because he's he's like uh, a a uh, a dumb goofball like kind of hippie dude, but also he is portrayed to have like the most emotional intelligence of all the turtles, which I think is kind of cute. Uh, Michelangelo, yeah, yeah. I mean, like Raph also has that with with Yoshi, anyways, which is interesting. I guess he really he really clicks with the period. I think Michelangelo shows kind of a few more examples maybe across the film, whereas Raph has, like, the one really strong example. Yeah, that's fair. I'll be honest, I could not tell them apart. They have colors. That's why they colored their bandanas. Yeah, I could not. Yeah, I'm, like, I'm gonna go with Sean on this one. I could not. Well, clearly you guys are... Every time the are... scene changed, I just forgot whose colors were whose and just... I, I was not following any of them. And you yeah. guys call yourselves turtle fans. I never said. No, I was we a don't. Fan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to revoke your license. I don't <laughs> want this license. I never applied for it. <laughs> That'll be three hundred dollars to revoke your license. But I don't have one. This is. Then that'll be five hundred. <laughs> I have to issue the li- you the license and then revoke it. It's quite the process. Uh, so, for future reference, Raph is the red one. He's the angry, angsty one. I'm going to go ahead and just say, I'm not going to retain this information you're telling me, but continue for our listeners. <laughs> Donatello yeah. is, is the purple banded one. He does machines. <laughs> Leonardo is the blue banded one. He is the leader. He is the wise one. Michelangelo is the orange banded one. He's the goofball. He's a party dude. He has nunchucks, except in this movie. Yeah, what? Why no nunchucks? No, he had them. He used them a few times, just like not in a fight. Did he? I swear I can remember like two scenes. There was one where he was like swinging them around, but I don't know if it was like in a fight. He might have. It might have been like that dance scene in the opening, which I had forgotten about until now. Oh no, that was oh. training. Fair. And then he gives a pair of nunchucks like to the kid, I think, before he like leaves at the end of the movie. Like leaves. He gives them to her. He gives them to the to the girl. I'm not sure if those are nunchucks or just like gigantic chopsticks. They didn't quite look like nunchucks. Um. Because, like, I guess, like, when he got captured, he didn't have them, because then he stole swords from, from a couple uh, white men. And then I don't really remember him ever having them after that point, at least in a fight scene. Maybe the people in the costumes, like, operating nunchucks in that costume is really hard. So Those... they used that, that as an excuse. They do real well. Yeah, they do. They get pretty agile. One dude is doing horse riding tricks. Yeah. Yeah, he's standing on the saddle. And there was some flips. Gonna... Get lay two pieces of mind blowing information potentially. The actor who's in the suit for uh, Raphael in this movie is later the voice actor of Raphael in the Saban live action series. Wow. Which uh, existed apparently. Method. He became. <laughs> he escaped his shell and instead became the voice. I think Raphael's the only voice who stuck for all three movies as well. Uh, yeah. So everyone loved the movie. Well, okay, like, so... I don't think we ever finished talking about what happens in this movie. Like, Oh, no, we didn't. Oh, yeah, right. Like, everything comes to a head. They have to sneak back into the castle. Yeah, um, they, tra- they, trap, they trap the daimyo in a bell. Then Walker comes out with April and a gun. And all of his other men show up with guns. Wick is surprised that everyone showing up with guns means that people are going to get shot <laughs> and has a change of heart. Oh no, guns. Oh yeah. Um, Raphael promises Yoshi that no one is going to die. Yeah. People die. <laughs> yeah. But nah. he lied. <laughs> nope, not a single one. Also, he's not. he doesn't stay long enough to, to live up to the expectations of that lie. No, he does. Yoshi shows up at the end to give him a hug. Yeah, but then he gets to peace out be- before, like, the body counts in. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Wick's also gonna get shot because he's dumb. 
Uh, Leo challenges Walker to shoot him himself, so he pulls out a cannon. Leo loves being a turtle. Dodges that cannon shot. God, that scene was so stupid. He dodges by retracting his head into his shell, so the cannon flies over him. Cannibal, yeah. Because he loves being a turtle. Yep. That's one of the scenes I remember most vividly of this movie. I totally forgot that April went back in time with them. But I remembered that scene. Um, Yeah, so then Walker realizes he's lost because they're immune to guns and starts fleeing, grabs his birds that were established literally like two minutes before this scene. Oh no, Uh, they were established at the beginning. Were they? Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, Niles complains about having to feed his birds. I legitimately thought... Well, I start to suspect his birds were just like a harem of ladies because he started calling all the other ladies he interacted with birds. And I thought, oh, are his pet birds just women? Oh, well, that's that dark. That's not going to be the case, but... No, fair. that's just because he was English. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But then we see the cage with his actual birds in them. Okay, he grabs his birds, goes to escape by scaling down the side of the castle, like onto the cliffside. I'm not exactly sure what his plan is. Uh, the turtles confront him. He throws their scepter. They catch the scepter. Then Wick fires a flaming catapult shot at the the rope that Walker's holding onto because he came back up for his birds. And he plummets to his presumable death. Although, at the start of the movie, it's established that a, sim- a somewhat similar scene also happened to him and he survived it. So maybe he'll be back. That seems like a pretty fatal fall. Like, there are jagged-ass rocks down there. Yeah. No, it wasn't fatal. He disappeared before he hit the water. (laughs) (laughs) That scene was very Amazing. I laughed six times during this movie, and that was the best laugh. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, when he fell? Yeah. It was just, it was like the Star, like a Star Wars fall. Just... Like an obvious green screen, and he's just being shrunk down. It was even more, like, even more obvious. Like, he just, like, blinks out of existence. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it didn't kill him last time. It probably didn't kill him this time. But the real trick is that his birds are still there. Uh, various people have various opinions about going home to their own times at both ends of the timeline. We see Casey in a bar... Showing arcade machines to to the to the honor guard. Everyone but Mikey makes it home, and then Mikey makes it home, and then they dance. Yeah. Uh, Splinter cheers up Mikey by making an Elvis reference, and then they dance. And that's the movie. Yep. <sighs> <laughs> oh, Chris, I want to. Ask, uh, what what scene or moment was? supposed to resonate with me in a positive and or negative way oh no i just wanted all of um my uh i wanted like as many players from my legend of the five rings game yeah as okay. possible <laughs> i knew it was going to be an entirely selfish reason damn yes. it you <laughs> you bastard you keeping track of their honor scores throughout oh the i i was cool. i have i have those totals by the way um, oh, that's beautiful. pretty good so, um, I assume that each of them, like, probably they have no honor because they're gaijin, um, but let's assume they have, like, 30 to 40 honor, which is what, like, a starting character would normally have. Uh, so, Michelangelo gets out of it pretty okay. Uh, he ends up with negative seven honor. He actually gained four honor in there, uh, for, like, putting his life at risk to save a peasant child. Um... And uh, Leonardo and Donatello, who, like I've already said, I can't really tell the difference between, uh, ended up with negative. They lost between 17 and 18 between them. So they're probably down to like 12 honor now, which is pretty bad. Like that's three flaw disadvantages. Um, And uh, Raphael uh, lost 30 honor uh, (laughs) in this adventure. That's very correct. He interrupted a duel between, like, a princess and a lord. That's, that's bad. Michelangelo did that. Oh, I thought it was Raphael. Nah. No pretty way. Sure, pretty sure that was Mikey. Oh. 
All right. Well, my totals might be off, but anyways, they spent a lot of fucking honor. They don't mind being <laughs> sneaky. They're fine with like underhanded tactics and mocking people while they're in battle with them. I mean, they're ninjas and also teenagers. So Splinter didn't teach them no honor. They never bring up the word ninja. Samurai is said a bunch of times. Uh, Chris, for our listeners, you want to give a quick explanation for what the L5R game is? Oh, or uh, the le- system? Legend of the Five Rings is a, a Eastern-inspired samurai uh, high fantasy game. Yeah, and it's very fun to play in. Yes, and uh, tracking how you are honorable or dishonorable is important in that. Any other honor turtles, or did you just track the turtles? I mean, Kenshin and um, uh, April. April lost a ton of honor, too. Don't worry about her. Um, <laughs> Kenshin and Mitsu kind of ended up doing okay and kind of conducted themselves pretty well. Kenshin has a... I assume one of his disadvantages is, like, a failure of Boshido cow- cowardice or something. Like, he, he always wants to, like, go right away, you know? Like, he's always trying to jump the gun. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's uh, there there. I don't think there's anything in here that I would say there are birds and horses, so it fits the there are animals in it, but they aren't central. All right, the prince's outburst was pretty funny. So lazy. Yeah, his tantrum, chops some torches and then just like slowly pushes over a couple tables. <laughs> just walks into the temple and like slowly lazily knocks everything over, <laughs> like a cat. All right. Sounds like it's time for Tepper's Tops. So let me guess. Number one movie. This movie. Trying to think where exactly I want to put it. I mean, it's the best time travel movie we've watched. For sure. Back to the Future's got nothing on it. Yeah, call me when you write time travel rules as insightful as uh, equal mass displacement. Zemeckis. Square, Square root of the flangular. (laughs) <laughs> the flan- he says that like three times in this movie he sure does okay who was that was that donatello yeah that's donatello yeah because he, does, he machines. does machines right did did anyone else notice the sound effects in the movie there were too many like they were cartoony like obviously when i say on purpose it's like well the people making the movie made that choice but like it was almost like they were trying to yeah either get a cheap laugh from kids or they were trying to emulate, like, the cartoon by using those kind of sound effects. Yeah, very over the top. Hmm, yeah, this is a hard one, because I'm not sure where in the bottom three I want to put this. <laughs> hey, now. You already said it was better than Worries of Virtue. Um, I mean, like, in terms of my personal enjoyment, not really. But, um, technically, like, like technical-wise, I would say it is... I mean, it's a better movie than Rockadoodle. You could make that argument, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rockadoodle is not a very well put together movie. Listeners, look for our Tepper Loves Rockadoodle t shirts coming soon <laughs> to the <laughs> web store. <laughs> um Yeah, okay, so I think there might I might do a couple changes to this one. Um I think Wars of Virtue will go above Rockadoodle. Ooh, shaking it up. I think I might allow for one change any given week. But we'll see. Maybe okay. it's fine. Okay. Um, then, um, I think for now I'm going to put this movie below Warriors of Virtue. Yeah, so in the number eight slot. Yeah, for now, like I said, I might change my opinion on this one. But, like... Wars of Virtue is such a such a singularly horrible, terrible movie that it kind of loops around to being like enjoyable to watch. Whereas like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles is like a competent enough movie that you I can't even derive like the enjoyment of it being so bad that it's good. But I might I might change my opinion next week when i have some time to think on the movie um it also lacked like like wars of virtues ranking right now rides entirely on komodo whereas like um teenage mutant ninja turtles didn't have like a singular performance that could like carry the movie through the bad parts 
which was a shame because man, if only there was more Casey. Casey was great. Like that whole like Oh man. Why didn't they give like a cricket bat or an oar or something to to past Casey? Because <laughs> it's not relevant that he's past Casey. Ugh. Then why do it? Is it the same actor? Yeah. Alright. It's probably I don't know. Um, so that brings us, where Where do you put the villain? Which I guess is Walker is yeah, slightly I, more I, the main villain. I would say Walker is the main villain because he's like the guy orchestrating like a bunch of stuff and doing most of the villainous things. Um, You know, as a villain, he was very confident and competent. Yeah, he's a pretty good villain. Yeah, like, like he succeeds in a whole bunch of his stuff. He blew up like seven dummies with one cannonball. Yeah, and even when he failed, he was more annoyed, like, ugh, now I have to make more plans. And, like, he, he has many interests. Like, you see him painting and yeah. smoking and then yeah. blowing up dummies. My yeah. favorite scene with him was him on the beach painting a flower, and then he finishes the painting, plucks all the leaves off of the flower, and then lights his cannon. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's that's the life there, buddy. He's just like... I've got places to go and people to kill. It's like, you're a merchant, remember? Yeah. <laughs> your your primary goals are very are very interesting. Um, villain. I feel like above child catcher, but I'm not sure. Not sure if he's better than Van Pelt. Because Van Pelt was decent. I feel like he's above Beetlejuice. Mostly because yeah. he he has a much bigger role in this movie, like uh, Beetlejuice, Van Pelt, like a lot of the guys below Biff, they tend to have much smaller roles in their movies. Like they're not like they're villains, but they're not like driving the plot in the same way that like this guy is. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna put him above uh, Be- Beetlejuice and above uh, below Biff. Below Biff. All right. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I personally would have put him above Biff, but that's a good spot for him. Alright, and there he is at the number six slot. Now, for business dads. I guess the the Daimyo. You put him down as a business dad. Yep, number one feudal business dad. Um. Our number one feudal business dad, anyway. Yeah, uh... I think below Mr. Parrish? Yeah. Yeah, put yeah, put him below Mr. Parrish. I like that Mr. Parrish is the only one who managed... He should be Mr. Parrish business dad. We should really <laughs> fix this list. <laughs> the daimyo... Or, sorry, feudal business dad. Um, He really, like... Just... Could someone deal with his hair? I mean, Leo did. No, but not the right part. He's got this, like, one... Like bang like strand of hair coming down the side of his head that is just like free-flowing and not together or well moisturized um and and it annoyed me the entire movie it was like tuck that shit in and of course we add leo donatello raf and michelangelo to oh, the, to our hunger games that's not fair it's gonna be great that's... well do they start is it like hunger games proper where they don't start with weapons We'll figure that out when we actually put any thought into this instead of just accidentally doing it the first time. I I believe we said before that they get their, like, like, um, they had DeLoreans and Falcors and stuff. Yeah, so they, they get their main get their prop. Weapons. Unless their main prop is the time machine. Man, Carrie, Charles, and Paul are gonna get blown the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we're really, like, how, who is going to stand up to the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I mean, Lilu. Yeah. Like, she's the only one. Yeah, before their inclusion, that's why, like, I was kind of wanting Ruby Rod to be the representative from Fifth Element, so that it was more, the power level was equalized. Oh, no, we more. definitely never have to worry about power level. That's fine. I guess okay. the thing about them is they are teenagers. Like, yep. they, are, yeah. they are kids, so... Yeah, exactly. That's why, like, that's why Lilu makes the list, too. Yeah, she's, what, three days old? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like these technicalities. Yeah, all right. 
Yep, that's going to be a fun one. Rip Gary Charles and Paul. <laughs> uh, I wanted I wanted to increase our budget so we can do like the deadliest warriors level of like simulations. Oh my god. <laughs> Here's what a bow staff looks like, shattering the, <laughs> shattering the malnourished ribcage of a World War II London orphan. God damn. So yeah, look forward to that in possibly th- three episodes, faithful listeners. All right, did we cover everything? Everybody loved the movie. It was flawless. Fuck this movie. <laughs> Fuck this movie right to number eight on the charts. The only reason, like, it is so lucky that the other three movies on that list are, like, disasters in their own right. (laughs) (laughs) Because goddamn would it be... Ugh. (laughs) So, I wrote down my three laughs. I can go through the three things that made me laugh. Please. You said six earlier. Sorry, the six. Please do. Alright, when Casey says it's a serious honor, when Casey calls them ancient wusses, that random Japanese guy who just goes, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that was when I asked, is there any honor loss for, for slapstick? <laughs> when you just say you're going to do something for your lord, and then it doesn't happen, and you're like, uh-oh. Yeah, yeah that I... was just the incongruous mix of the uh-oh and the serious Japanese man. Ooh, man, we should have had an off-screen seppuku counter uh, for this one. <laughs> we know for the future. Uh, Casey's, we're not even at the playoffs yet. And the, the, I don't know which turtle said it, but when the guns came out, oh no, guns. Oh my god, that line was good. And then when Walker fell to his, air quote, death. Yeah, his death was great. And those are the six things that made me laugh. I'm sorry that I dragged you into this. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that that one turtle totally had a legitimate point. Like, they got treated like trash in the modern day. Like, why wouldn't they just hang out and stay in Japan? Like, I know there's, like, story reasons for why they can't. But, like, I was just, like, thinking about it. And I'm like, yeah, like, I can see that. I mean, they could. And also, like... There's a vague, well, an explicit but vague 60-hour limit. But, like, you could just, like, go back and forth every, like, two yeah. and a half days. Like, I'm sure those those honor guards would be fine coming back. Oh, yeah. that Now, that would be a great, like, spin-off movie is just the four of them in the modern world with Casey. I'd watch that. Well, if you want more Casey, you'll have to wait till the next time we watch a Turtles movie, perhaps. No. I don't know. I don't I don't think my love for Casey <laughs> weighs my dislike for this movie. I think the first one is probably a better film. But it's been a long time. I don't yeah. actually know if that's a factual statement. I have no idea. We're running real light on business dads. Only got half as many as we have movies. It's a shame. We'll just have to do all the Tim Allen Santa Claus movies. As the next three. It's a good business dad. Tim Allen. Uh. (laughs) 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 Good work. Alright, and I guess we'll rate this movie. I'm gonna give this... Gosh. Oh, I don't know. I'm gonna give this um, two... Swords out of um, the zero that were actually used as swords in this movie. I get, I'm going to give this uh, four displaced Japanese honor guards out of the total, uh, what, ten people displaced in the movie? <laughs> I'm going to give this an eight minute waste of time building a fake replica of a time travel staff. Out of one real time travel staff. I give this movie zero good references out of like a (laughs) hundred. And I'll give this movie one feudal Japan out of one Casey Jones. And with that, I've been your host, Ivan. I'm Chris. I've been Jeff. I'm Shauna. 
And I'm Tepper. And you can find us all on downloadablezebras.com, where we have lists to all of the stuff we do. A lot of it's this podcast, some of us stream. And a special thanks to 8 Jazz for the use of their uh, our theme song. You can find it on YouTube or follow the link in the description. Bye.